This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by the Read Harder Journal. Created by Book Riot, the smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of each book you read. Evenly interspersed among these entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder initiative, which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up passed over books, try out new genres, and choose titles from a wide range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books. Get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant. Find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that will fulfill the challenge. You can get your copy at bookriot.com slash readharderjournal. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 42, and we are recording on Tuesday, January 1st. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. How was your New Year's? It was good. Um, I'm not really like a big go out and party type of person, but <laughs> one of my friends uh, always just sort of hosts people at his house. Um, so I basically just do that almost every year. And we just like hang out and eat and like, you know, bring in the new year with friends. So it's really <laughs> nice. Yeah, we kind of did the same thing. Um, Blaine and I just we we did a, a double date with um, with a couple friends of ours, and it was it was just the four of us, and we we went out to a to a fancier restaurant for like a ten o'clock dinner. It was super late, um, but the plus side was that we were there in the restaurant at midnight, and they passed around free glasses of champagne. Nice. So yeah, so that was that was nice. Um, so uh, but yeah, after after that, we left the restaurant like a little after midnight, and then we we came home, and I'm like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do late nights anymore. It's really funny because um, like a handful of my friends, not everyone, but like a, some of them are married and have kids now. And like their kids are still young enough that like some of them go to bed, like and especially since my friend hosts in their house, he basically like sets up a couple of rooms where it's just like, you know, you can leave your kids here to sleep <laughs> while we're like hanging out and things like that. Uh, but there are a couple of the kids who are like who end up staying up like because they're like three years old and so they get really excited because everyone's still up and things like that and like one of them was like just running back and forth like until maybe like one in the morning (laughs) and there came a point where we're like how are you still awake and how do you still have this much energy but we also think it was like that slight like deliriousness that happens (laughs) when they get really tired so but it was just really funny like I was home by like two o'clock because by like even at at, like one o'clock I was like okay I need to start like getting ready to go because it's I can't stay up too much later than that. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. He, the kid sounds like my nephew. He's like an ener- like a self-charging energizer bunny and he just like he keeps going and going and going and it's I mean, I've never seen him up as late as one o'clock in the morning, but he'll still be running around when he visits. Yeah, because um, uh, he lives out of state. But um, when when he comes and stays at at his uh, grandma's house, he's running around at ten o'clock, and we can always tell we're like he's going to drop in about fifteen minutes. And sure <laughs> enough, he as soon as he goes down, he goes down <laughs> like he is out like a light. But it's still we're like all of the adults just watch him like running circles around the house. We're like. Where do you get it? Yeah, honestly, I wish there was some way to like harness that energy. I feel like we would like not need like fossil fuels anymore. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking just on a personal level. I'm like, I just need a little drop of that just to get me through the day. Like I don't need much, just a little bit of that, but just watching him is exhausting. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, sleep, learn to sleep. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, happy new years to everyone who is, uh, who is joining us. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to our show for the last year and a half, and we're excited to kick off a new a new calendar year. If this is your first time listening, uh, welcome. We, uh, we, we love all of our, all of our listeners. Um, and we also use this, uh, time as an opportunity to invite people to give us, um, to pass along ideas or suggestions for future shows, whether it's topics you've heard in the news, um, if you're looking for, you know, hey, there's this there's this subgenre that I haven't um that I'm not familiar with, you know, could you guys do an episode on that or anything along those lines. As long as it's related to mystery, suspense, thrillers, true crime, adaptations, anything in between, it's, you know, it's it's all good. Um so we always we always put out the this call for uh suggestions and feedback and we as as always we've gotten some really good suggestions. We've got a we've got a couple of at least one upcoming episode that is based on a listener suggestion um, that, that we have in the pipeline. So if you um, if you have any uh, any ideas for us or if you just want to chat about uh, stuff that we've talked about on an episode, we'll have our contact information at the bottom of the show. Um, but yeah, just uh, we, we like we like to get our listeners involved. It's a lot of fun for us and we've uh, we've been able to put together some really cool episodes with the ideas that you guys have given us so far. So uh, thank you very much for that. And normally this is where we would jump into news items um, in the show, but there really hasn't been much happening the last couple of weeks. I don't know. The holidays, the uh, crime world, the crime world took a holiday as well, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So... So I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump into our first sponsor, and then we'll go right ahead and get into the meat of the of the episode today, which is going to be a good one. Um, we're going to be talking about books that we are really excited for uh, that are going to be published this year. So uh, get get your TBRs ready. Um, but before that, uh, our first official sponsor for the show is KissCon, which is a little bit of a different uh, sponsor than we usually get. But there's nothing uh, there's nothing that says uh, mystery readers can't also read romances. So uh, so uh, pucker up, romance lovers. Avon is launching a weekend-long KissCon event featuring over 30 favorite Avon and Harlequin authors. KissCon will feature writing panels, author and reader interactive events and games, lively discussions, a movie night, and a giant multi-author signing. It's going to be an affair to remember. Join us in Chicago, April 5th through 7th. Tickets start at $75. This is the very first KissCon weekend affair. Um, KissCon has sponsored local and evening events around the country for three years, but now it's going big in the Windy City. Attending authors represent every genre of romance. You can talk historical romance with Beverly Jenkins, Eloisa James, or Sarah McLean. Share your contemporary loves with Jill Shalvis, Jennifer Ryan, or Sally Thorne. And if you like a sci-fi fantasy edge to your romance, you can meet Janine Frost, Jennifer Estep, and Julia Kagawa. KissCon Weekend Affair will be April 5th through 7th at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare in Chicago, Illinois. One, two, and three-day tickets are available, as is a discount hotel block. Hurry, tickets are going fast, and you can register at KissCon.org. So we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. 
All right. Uh, so like Katie mentioned at the top of the episode, we are just going to be talking about some of the books that are coming out this year. As always, there are so many different mystery, thriller, true crime books that are going to be coming out in 2019, and some of them have been announced already. So we thought it would be fun to kick off the first episode of the new year talking about some of the ones that we are really excited about so far. So I'll start uh, just by talking about two that we consider to be like our mutual anticipations because they are authors that both of us read. Uh, the first one is the Satapur Moonstone by Sujatha Masi. This one comes out on May 14th. So there is about like five months until this one is released. This is the follow-up to The Widows of Malabar Hill, which again, Katie and I talk about way too much. <laughs> So if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know all about it. Uh, but this is the follow-up to that one, and both of us are really excited about it. I've actually already read it because I got a digital arc of it, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, if you read uh, The Widows of Malabar Hill as well, you'll really enjoy this one as well. And this one, uh, I believe you are following uh, the main character as she she she's basically hired again um, to consult on this Raj who has passed away and they need to figure out what they're going to do with the son. Uh, the wife of the king wanted to send their son off to school in like England, uh, but the grandmother wants to keep him in India and just have him tutored and things like that. Um, and so there's this little bit of a conflict. And so um, that's sort of like what brings um, – Praveen to the royal family. But then while she's sort of looking into this, she starts to wonder if there's something else sort of going on in the family because there were two deaths in the family really close to each other. And she's starting to become suspicious about if those deaths were just accidental deaths. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a 19, it's a historical fiction book that like Katie and I both love. And, uh, the next one I can tell you is just as good as the first. So again, that's the Satapur Moonstone by Sujatha Masi. And that one comes out on May 14th. Um, the next one is The Lost Man by Jane Harper. Uh, Jane Harper wrote Force of Nature, which was her second book, and then The Dry, which was her first book. She's, uh, an Australian author. And I believe that this is another standalone mystery. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So even if you've never read Jane Harper before, like you can pick up any of her mysteries that have come out so far and like just enjoy them. They're not part of a series. So if you are the type of person who thinks you need to or likes to read series in chronological order, these you can pick up whenever you want. Um, Jane Harper often gets comped to Tana French. So if you like Tana French's sort of like really atmospheric style of mystery, then you will definitely enjoy Jane Harper as well, because she definitely has that atmospheric style, um, except hers take place in Australia as opposed to Ireland. Um, so in this one, you are following two brothers who uh, basically own these like giant properties. I think they're cattle properties um, in the outback of Australia. And then they have a third brother who passes away. And then while they are sort of dealing with their brother's death and going through his estate and things like that, um, there's sort of these questions of like, how exactly did he pass away? And like, why did this all happen? And it turns out that it might be obviously something more than what they suspect. Um so yeah, again, that's The Lost Man by Jane Harper, and that one comes out on February 5th. 
Okay, well, I'll go ahead and uh, kick off the non-mutual <laughs> anticip- the anticipated releases, although I'm sure when, after we each talk about our own books, each of us are going to be like, oh, that one sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's fun so, to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my first title is, let's see, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go just in uh, chronological order in terms of when, when these books are going to be released. Um, but my first one is actually uh, historical true crime and it is called the trial of Lizzie Borden by Kara Robertson. And it comes out March 12th um, of this year. And if you have listened to the show for a while, you know that uh, Lizzie Borden is one of those cases that that I'm just eternally fascinated with. And earlier, um, earlier last year, I got to visit Lizzie Borden's house and take a tour through the house um, and see the places. You know, you know, the, like the. If you're familiar with the Lizzie with the Lizzie Borden case, you know, like okay, the father was found in the in the drawing room. The mother, the stepmother, was found uh, lying was found dead next to next to her bed. Like we we were in those rooms. We saw you know these places where they were discovered, and it was just so fascinating. Um, and pretty much any if there is whether it's fiction or nonfiction if there is if there is a uh, connection to Lizzie Borden i am probably going to want to read it so this is clearly no exception it's nonfiction um and as the title indicates it is talking about the trial of Lizzie Borden um because you know with the one of the most fascinating things about this about this case is that Lizzie was found not guilty of murdering her parents, even though everyone like nowadays and a lot of people back then believed that she had done it. So this is going to be taking a look at not only the case against Lizzie, but like the, the, what society was like at that time and what, and how big of a deal this, this case actually was in terms of how people perceived women, how people um, perceived uh, violence and who could enact uh, acts of violence. Um, so she's going to talk about how these, like these perceptions and these stories that were going on at the time, how that influenced the debate inside the courtroom, outside of the courtroom, um, how it affected how the how the trial was covered in the papers. It's based on um, the the book is based on transcripts of the legal proceedings, contemporary newspaper accounts, unpublished local accounts, and they uh, and recently unearthed letters from Lizzie herself. So these are these are letters. That that have just recently been discovered. So it 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 takes a look at the trial of Lizzie Borden but also the American society at the time and I I love a true crime book that looks at the crime and also takes a broader view of like what else is going on here. Um so I cannot wait to get my grubby little hands on this book. Um so again that is The Trial of Lizzie Borden by Kara Robertson. And that book is coming out on March 12th. Okay. I will also go in chronological order since you started off that way. Um, so the first one that I have is The Plotters by Unsu Kim. This one comes out on January 29th, so we don't have to wait too long for this one. So this is a work in translation. Um, the author is Korean and has been described as the Korean Henning Mankel. Um, and they also say like this... Uh, authors good if you are fans of Hong Kong and Patrick DeWitt. So this is supposed to be uh, part 
thriller part, like dark comedy. And you are following this character named Reesing. I'm not sure if that's exactly how you pronounce it, but Reesing is an assassin. And he was raised by this like old cantankerous killer named Old Raccoon, which that's a fantastic name. Um, And they grew up in this place that everyone calls the library. And they never really questioned anything about the way that they were raised. Um, They never really questioned, you know, the assignments that they were given as an assassin. They always just knew where to go, went there, killed the person that needed to be killed and then went home. Um, but then Reesing steps out of line during a job, and then obviously everything sort of falls apart. And he starts to uncover some of the things about the organization that he works for, as well as the, it says he discovers the plans of an eccentric trio of young women, a convenience store clerk, her wheelchair-bound sister, and a cross-eyed librarian. And so Reesing is basically forced to figure out uh, whether or not he wants to continue to work for the organization or if he wants to, you know, sort of take control of his own life. Um, so this is like one of those thrillers that sounds like it would also be really fun. Like it it's giving me a similar vibe to the way that my sister, the serial killer was described before it came out in that it's like darkly comedic as well as has this like very serious, like killer at the center of it and things like that. Um, it's also a work in translation. So if you are someone who is looking for more works in translation or enjoy enjoys uh, Korean thrillers specifically, uh, then this might be up your alley. But I always just sort of enjoy these mysteries and thrillers that have like a little bit of a twist to them and are not just like the straightforward mysteries and thrillers. Those are usually the ones that I look forward to sort of at the beginning of the year when these books are announced. Um, so again, that's called The Plotters by Unsu Kim. And this one comes out on January 29th. Well, you you couldn't hear me because my microphone was muted, but I definitely snorted when you said cross-eyed librarian. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> it's funny. All right. So my next book is Vessel by Lisa A. Nichols, and this book comes out on May 21st. And this book is... It's a mystery thriller science fiction. Um, so at first, I, and so whenever I hear that combination, I'm like, I'm like, ooh, like The Martian. But no, this one is really interesting. It's like it's a psychological thriller based on uh, based on space. But uh, basically, uh, and the astronaut returns to Earth after losing her entire crew to an inexplicable disaster. But is her version of what happened in space the actual truth, or is there more to the story? Um, and as soon as I heard that, I'm like, psychological thriller in space, heck yes. Um, so, and this one, just because it has that strong science fiction element to it, I'm like, this will be interesting. Um, so, yeah, she, so basically, um, Catherine Wells is the astronaut. And there, and um, as I said before, her ship experiences a deadly incident in deep space. She loses contact with NASA. The entire world believes her to be dead. Um, but miraculously and strangely, she survives, but with little memory of what happened. She comes back to Earth after a decade away. Um, so she's been out for she's been out in space basically for ten years. Her husband has moved on with another woman. She barely recognizes her daughter, who is now a teenager. Um, 
Catherine is different because she basically spent most of a decade alone. Um, and as she adjusts to being home, uh, sometimes she starts feeling disconnected. She starts feeling rage towards her family and her colleagues. There are periods of time she can't account for. She begins, she begins waking up in increasingly strange and worrisome locations like restricted areas of NASA. And now suddenly she's questioning everything that happened up in space, how her crewmates died, how she survived. And and right now, what's happening to her back on Earth. So this has just about everything I could possibly want in a book. Um, and it's the Goodreads description says that it's only 304 pages. So this sounds like this is going to be a book that is short and that, you, that you're just going to plow through. Um, so yeah, the, I am so excited about this one. I'm going to try and see if I can get an advanced copy of this one because it just... It, I'm just so fascinated by the premise. Um, but again, that is Vessel by Lisa A. Nichols, and that book is coming out on May 21st. It's funny because as you were describing that book, I like wrote it down and I was like, okay, I need to look this one up later to see if I can get an early copy too. I think, oh, I'm trying to remember. I think I saw it on Book Riot Insiders, but I think I also saw it on Edelweiss maybe? Yeah, I'm... Sure. So I, I'm like, okay, if it's on Edelweiss, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I can request a copy. But yeah, this is one I'm just like, ooh, I want this one right now. All right. Uh, my next pick is A Deadly Divide by Asma Zayanad Khan. This is, oh man, I don't know what book number this is, four? Maybe, I think it's four or five in uh, the Rachel Getty and Essa Katak uh, series. I love Asma Zayanad Khan. I've been reading this entire series since it came out. Um I think she is a really underrated mystery writer, and so I'm always talking about her so that way other people can find her books and start reading her. Um, so if you aren't aware, this uh, series mainly takes place in Canada. You are following these detectives named Rachel Getty and Essica Tuck, and they are part of this, like, I forget exactly how they describe it in the book, but it's like this like cultural awareness sort of division of the police department where anytime there are crimes committed that have something to do with like cultural strife, uh, whether it be like uh, Muslims being attacked for being Muslims or like fighting between people because of like things from their cultural backgrounds, things like that. They are part of the detectives who help solve those cases. Um, Esakatak is Muslim himself. Well, I believe Rachel Getty is just uh, described as being like a white Canadian. So in this uh, book, apparently there was a mass shooting at a mosque in Quebec. And so uh, there was a local man, or sorry, the local police apprehended a young Muslim man who was at the scene and helping people who were wounded. Uh, but then they released a local priest who was found with a weapon in his hands. And so it looks like that it's a hate crime. Uh, but then Asa Katak and Rachel Getty traveled to Quebec to look into it, um, especially because, you know, Asa Katak is Muslim himself. So he might have a way of um, having people open up to him. Uh, be because they have a similar cultural background. Um, and as they are looking into it, it looks like, um, again, there, there's more things sort of going into it. And they're trying to point Asakatak into like a different direction. Um, so yeah, I, like I said, I really, really enjoy this series. Um, I read all of the books as soon as they come out, if I can't get an advanced copy of it. And I think that 
Asma Zayn Khan does a really great job of balancing the cultural and religious aspects of these different characters um, and explaining things in a way that even if you're not from those cultural backgrounds, you'll like understand the context of what's going on uh, while also just providing really strong mysteries. Um, her first one dealt with um, characters who... Uh, came from like Eastern Europe and had to deal with war strife there. And she did a great job of like explaining their backgrounds in a different book. She talked about Syrian refugees. Um, So she talks about like a whole lot of different areas of the world and different conflicts that are happening in different cultures, but they're also always just like really strong mysteries. So I highly recommend picking up The Unquiet Dead is the first book in the series. Um, And I think that that's really a great place to start with her books. Um, because it'll give you like a good background in terms of like the characters and things like that. And then you can sort of move through the series. But if you're like me and you've been reading all of the books as they've been coming out, uh, the next one, A Deadly Divide, is coming out on February 12th. All right. Um, so my uh, uh, third book that I want to talk about is Speaking of Summer by Kalisha Buchanan. That one comes out on July 30th. And this book... Um, was actually, as a little bit of background, was one of five books selected by the National Book Foundation for the inaugural Literature for Justice program. Um, and I w- and also I was initially drawn to this book because the cover is stunning. Like you've got to you've got to go on Goodreads and check out this cover. It is absolutely beautiful. And I'm just like, well, shoot, I'm just going to pick up this book because of the cover. Um, but it's. Uh, it's a literary thriller about one woman's search for her missing twin sister uh, when she disappears from their uh, disappears from their brownstone in Harlem. Um, her Autumn Spencer is the main character, and her twin sister Summer walks um, she's uh, walks to the roof of their of their brownstone and is never seen again. The door to the roof is locked. There are no footsteps found. Um, but the problem is that the authorities are really in different to what's going on and aren't really putting in their efforts to figure out what happened. So Autumn has to um, pursue answers on her own, all while grieving their mother's recent death. Um, Autumn pretends to hold up through the crisis, but she falls into an affair with Summer's boyfriend to cope with the disappearance of her sister. Um, But the mystery uh, and the loss just become too great, too too inexplicable, and Autumn really starts to unravel, all the while becoming obsessed with murdered women and the men who kill them. Um, So this one... It's so I I think this one really sounds like it's holding to its literary thriller um, uh, classification. Like, you know, there's there's a murder and there's an investigation at the heart of the book. But it's it sounds like it's also really about the characters and how we deal with grief and how we deal with grief when when the people when, you know, the people in our community who are supposed to, you know, to be, you know, looking out for us or having or having our community's best interests at heart are not are not interested. You know, the 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 authorities are not interested in finding out what happened to her sister. And it's like, how do you deal with that? Um, and then and how do you and how do you, you know, deal with deal with yourself as you as you face these these huge the these these huge 
I, I'm calling them obstacles just sounds like a complete understatement, but um, it sounds like there's a lot, a lot of um, emotional character driven stuff at the heart of this story. Um, and I'm, yeah, I, I just think there, this sounds like there's so much going on in this book. And like I said, I cannot stress enough how gorgeous this cover is. Um, so if for nothing else, pick up the book because of the cover. But um, again, the book is speaking of summer by Kalisha Buchanan. And that is coming out on July 30th. All right. And then my third pick is called Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. And this is also a literary mystery. uh, But this one is being described as a literary courtroom drama. So... And this one comes out on April 16th. Uh, so it takes place in a small town in Virginia, and you are following uh, these two characters named Young and Pack Yu. And they run this experimental medical treatment facility uh, that has this device known as a miracle submarine. And it's basically a pressurized oxygen chamber uh, that patients can enter for therapeutic treatment. Uh, and it's supposed to help with things like autism and infertility. But then uh, the miracle submarine explodes mysteriously and it kills two people. And so I believe that this book is following the trial of what exactly happened and who or what caused the explosion. Uh, One of the suspects is a mother of one of the patients who claimed to be sick that day but was smoking down by the creek. Um, Or if it was like Young Impact themselves hoping to get like a big payout from the insurance company uh, to help like send their daughter to college. And so you're following the trial as it sort of uncovers these mysteries of these different characters who were all involved in this uh, facility in some way, shape or form. Um, So this one is, I think, again, like leaning a little bit into the literary aspect of literary mystery. It's getting comps to Leanne Moriarty and Celeste Ng. Uh, The way that it's described or the way that like the synopsis is described, it is giving me a little bit of Celeste Ng vibes because it's emphasizing sort of um, not just the mystery aspect, but also like these lives of these Korean immigrants um, and also like what it's like to be like a mother of a person who has – uh, autism and like all of these different sort of struggles that go along with that. Um, Angie Kim herself is a former trial lawyer as well as the mother of someone who has done one of these sort of submarine uh, treatments before. So she's clearly going to be writing from real life experiences. Um, it sounds really interesting. Um, and again, if you're a fan of like Celeste Ng and Leanne Moriarty, it sounds like this would be a mystery that would fall into line with those books. Um, so again, that one is called Miracle Creek and it comes out on April 16th. Okay. And then uh, we each have an honorary mention, which... (laughs) I, I I think it's funny. It's like we're calling it an honorary mention, but we're just we're just going to talk about it. We should have just made him like the fourth choice. <laughs> but um, but although for my honorary mention, um, uh, it, it the, it's the uh, psychological thriller "As Long as We Both Shall Live" by Joanne Cheney, which comes out actually in just two weeks on January fifteenth. Um, this book 
basically the only synopsis I am going to give is that it is the story of a marriage gone very, very wrong. And that's the only synopsis I'm going to give because I was uh, instructed by our good friend and partner in crime, Jamie, um, that I should go into this book knowing as little about the plot as possible. So I'm holding to that. And so therefore, you guys are going to hold to that. If you want to know more about the plot, you can look it up yourselves. Um, But the reason why I am mentioning this book is that I have heard from several people, uh, including a couple of book writers, uh, Jamie and uh, Liberty, they have both said this book is going to be like the thriller of 2019. Like this is the, and it's not just, oh, this is the one that's getting all the hype. Because sometimes you get you get books that get a lot of hype and people are like, well, yeah, it was good, but you know, I think it was overhyped. Both Jamie and Liberty, I, I'm pretty sure it was Liberty, they both said this book was bonkers. Like, holy cow, this book is incredible. So I... Not, I mean, I'm always here for a good psychological thriller, but I'm also here, I'm always there for a psychological thriller that is making multiple people go, oh, dang. Um, so, again, that is As Long As We Both Shall Live. That is coming out in two weeks on the 15th. So make sure to put that one on your list because it sounds like this is going to be a book that everyone's going to be talking about. Okay, my honorary mention is The Vanishing Stare by Maureen Johnson. And this one is my honorary mention just because it's the second book in a series. And this is one of those uh, follow-ups or sequels that you have to read these in order. So the first book was called Truly Devious and came out last January, I want to say. And I read it and I really enjoyed it, but it also like ends on a cliffhanger. And I was like very angry that it ended on a cliffhanger. So I've been like waiting for this book to come out. And so it's finally coming out on January 22nd. Um, Again, I'm not going to give too much of a synopsis because it is like a direct follow up to the events that occurred in the first book. But basically, they're it's like a campus mystery novel. It takes place at this place called Ellingham Academy. And there was this murder that happened at the Academy in the 1930s. And it's called like the truly devious case. Um, and so the main character's name is Stevie and she's like super obsessed with this case and she ends up going to Ellingham at Academy and she like gets really into trying to figure out what exactly happened back in the day. Um, and then obviously things happen and she gets really close to solving it and then it ends on a cliffhanger. So if you read the first book, you probably are also like highly anticipating this one. But I just wanted to mention that if it's like, I remember when I talked about this book, when it first came out, I told people like, if you hate cliffhangers, like just wait until the second book is coming out. So if maybe you were waiting to pick up Truly Devious until the second book came out, so that way you wouldn't have to wait a year to find out what happens next. Um, Vanishing Star is, or sorry, The Vanishing Stare is coming out on January 22nd. Okay, um, so now we will, those are all of the books that we wanted to mention, at least in the uh, highly anticipated section of the episode. Um, There are lots of books coming out this year, but luckily we have lots of episodes coming out where we can talk about all of these other books that are going to be coming out. Um, So I will talk about our second sponsor, and that is Before We Were Strangers by Brenda Novak. The official story was that Sloane's mother abandoned the family, which hadn't said any better at the time than it did when Sloan moved out at 18. But not even a fresh start in New York could keep the nightmares at bay, or her fears that the domineering father she grew up with wasn't just difficult, he was deadly. 
Now, another traumatic loss forces Sloane to realize she owes it to her mother to find out the truth, even if it means returning to a small town full of secrets and lies, a jilted ex-boyfriend, and a father and brother who'd rather see her silenced. Uh, so you can discover this new must-read thriller from New York Times bestselling author Brenda Novak. If you enjoy uh, other writers like Alison Brennan, Lisa Jackson, and Sandra Brown, you'll also enjoy Brenda Novak. And again, that one is called before we were strangers and thanks so much to them for sponsoring this episode all right so i've got oh we've got a bunch of new releases coming out new year new books um so i had i had to limit myself uh, to the new releases to talk about this week um all of the books are going to be coming out on January 8th. Um, so not, so basically a week from the day that we are recording this. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and just jump right in. Um, the first book, um, that we wanted to mention was An Anonymous Girl by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen. Um, they, and they wrote, uh, the book, I think it was called The Wife Between Us, um, that came out at the beginning of last year. That one was a, that one was a popular, uh, psychological suspense novel. Um, so they are back with another one. When Jessica Ferris signs up for a psychology study conducted by the mysterious Dr. Shields, she thinks all she'll have to do is answer a few questions, collect her money, and leave. But as the questions grow more and more intense and invasive, and the sessions become outings where Jess is told what to wear and how to act, she begins to feel as though Dr. Shields may know what she's thinking and what she's hiding. As Jess's paranoia grows, it becomes clear that she can no longer trust what in her life is real and what is one of Dr. Shields' manipulative experiments. Caught in a web of deceit and jealousy, Jess quickly learns that some obsessions can be deadly. So again, that is An Anonymous Girl by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen. Um, and then we also have a true, well, I, I guess you could call it true crime. It's more of a sociological look at, um, at the, at the criminal justice system. Um, but this book is called Beyond These Walls, Rethinking Crime and Punishment in the United States by Tony Platt. This is an ambitious and far-ranging exploration that tracks the legacy of crime and imprisonment in the United States from the historical roots of the American criminal justice system to our modern state of over-incarceration and offers a bold vision for a new future. Author Tony Platt, a recognized authority in the field of criminal justice, challenges the way we think about how and why millions of people are tracked, arrested, incarcerated, cataloged, and regulated in the United States. So this sounds like a really ambitious um, type of true crime, criminal justice type of nonfiction book, um, but it sounds fascinating. Um, so I'm really excited to um, hopefully read more about this soon. So again, that uh, that book is Beyond These Walls, Rethinking Crime and Punishment in the United States by Tony Platt. And then we've got, uh, we have a book that I actually was um, debating about whether or not to talk about in my, um, in my list of books that I'm excited for this, this year, but then I realized it was coming out so soon, so I figured I could just do it with the new releases. Um, so this is called Scrublands by Chris Hammer. And it's uh, compared to uh, books uh, Before the Fall by Noah Hawley and The Dry, which, you know, we mentioned we're big Jane Harper fans here. Um, a town's dark secrets come to light in the aftermath of a young priest's unthinkable last act in this arresting and searing debut thriller. In River's End, an isolated rural community afflicted by an endless drought, a young priest does the unthinkable, killing five parishioners before taking before being taken down himself. 
A year later, accompanied by his own demons for wartime reporting, journalist Martin Skarsten arrives in River's End. His assignment is simple. Describe how the town people are coping as the anniversary of their tragedy approaches. But as Martin meets the locals and hears their version of events, he begins to realize that the accepted wisdom, that the priest was a pedophile whose imminent exposure was the catalyst for the shooting, a theory established through an award-winning investigation by Martin's own newspaper, may be wrong. And just as Martin believes he's making headway, a new development rocks the town. The bodies of two German backpackers, missing since the time of the church shootings, are discovered in a dam in the scrublands, deserted backwoods marked by forest fires. As the media flocks to the scene, Martin finds finds himself thrown into a whole new mystery. What was the real reason behind the priest's shooting spree, and how does it connect to the backpacker murders, if at all? Martin struggles to uncover the town's dark secrets, putting his job, his mental state, and his life at risk as more and more strange happenings escalate around him. Um, and when I was reading this, and I definitely am getting strong, uh, 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 it feels very similar to the to the dry just in terms of like the scenery and how this feels like a very atmospheric thriller. But it also kind of feels a little like True Detective. Um, it also sounds a little like um, a book I talked about on our last episode that I read last year that I loved, um, Beneath the Mountain by Lucas D'Andrea. Um, so this just seems kind of like a, like a dark, atmospheric, gritty type of mystery, um, which I am always here for. Um, and again, that is Scrublands by Chris Hammer. <laughs> and then we, we do have one more... Um, we do have one more uh, new release. That is The Paragon Hotel by Lindsay Fay, who uh, also wrote uh, Jane Steele and Gods of Gotham. This book uh, takes place in Prohibition-era Harlem. It follows Alice Nobody from Harlem to Portland's The Paragon Hotel. Uh, the year is 1921, and Nobody, Alice James, is on a cross-country train carrying a bullet wound and fleeing for her life following an illicit drug and liquor deal gone horribly wrong. Desperate to get as far away as possible from New York City and those who want her dead, she has her sights set on Oregon, a, des- a distant frontier that seems the end of the line. She befriends Mac, a black pull importer who reminds her achingly of Harlem, who leads Alice to the Paragon Hotel upon arrival. Her unlikely sanctuary turns out to be the only all-black hotel in the city, and its lodgers seem unduly terrified of a white woman on the premises. But as she meets the churlish Dr. Pendleton, the stately Maverine, and the unforgettable club Chantel is Blossom Fontaine. She begins to understand the reason for their dread. The Ku Klux Klan has arrived in Portland in fearful numbers, burning crosses, inciting violence, electing officials, and brutalizing blacks. And only Alice, with her new family of Paragon residents, are willing to search for a missing child who has mysteriously vanished into the Oregon woods. Um, so again, that is The Paragon Hotel by Lindsay Fay. And again, all of these books that we mentioned for new releases are coming out on January 8th. Okay, uh, so to wrap things up really quickly, we can talk about uh, the books that we have been reading lately and what ones we are planning on reading soon. Um, so I finished two relevant books over the course of the last couple of weeks. Thank you, holidays. Um, so <laughs> the first one that I finished was Dark Places by Gillian Flynn. Uh, I finally read this one after I, it's been like a number of years since I last read a Gillian Flynn book, but I've just been sort of holding on to this one a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's hard to like talk about Gillian Flynn books without like comparing them to each other. So this <laughs> is not my favorite Gillian Flynn book, but the way that I describe it is that like Gillian Flynn is such a great writer that like even her average 
books are still like above average if you like compared to everyone else's. Um, so yeah, like this one is one where um, it feels real. It, it it still has like that darkness and that um, grittiness that you expect from Gillian Flynn if you've read her other books, but there is sort of like a different vibe to it as well. Um, so you are following this character named Libby. Her sisters and mother were brutally murdered when she was seven years old and she was able to survive. Um, and her brother was convicted of the murders that happened. Um, and then it's sort of like flash. You go back and forth between the time period of when uh, the murders occurred and then Libby as an adult, I think it's like 20 or 25 years after the murders have occurred. And Libby gets uh, contacted by this group that call themselves the Kill Club. And they are like this group of people who are like really obsessed with like true crime and uh, these like weird uh, mysteries and murders that have happened in real life. And so they contact Libby to like ask her questions about like what happened and things like that. And a lot of people in the club don't believe that her brother is guilty. And so Libby starts to look into the mystery a little bit and starts to uncover different things. Um yeah, it, it's like if you haven't read Gillian Flynn before, I wouldn't say necessarily – like this wouldn't be a terrible place to start, but it's not, again, my favorite out of her books. But I still, again, it liked it. Well, I mean as much as you can like a Gillian Flynn book because like half the time – there are certain scenes in here that felt like more violent than in her other two books, which I feel like is saying a lot if you've read her other two books. Um, but yeah, this is definitely one that you should put on your list if you are a fan of Gillian Flynn's, if you haven't read it already. Um, so yeah, Dark Places gets a thumbs up for me, but not my favorite out of hers. I think, I don't know, I've never, th I've been trying to debate and I think Sharp Objects is my favorite too, um, out of her three, but still, like I said, an average Gillian Flynn book is better than most. Um, and then the other book that I read is like on the opposite end of the spectrum, literally because I like read a bunch of darker books and I was like, I need something slightly more fun. And so I read Death by Dumpling by Vivian Chen. This is basically a cozy mystery and it's uh, the first book in a new cozy mystery series. Um, so if you are a fan of cozy mysteries, I recommend this one. But also if you're someone who thinks they might be interested in cozy mysteries, but they don't like their cozy mysteries to be like too punny or too like cheesy, then I think that this is also a good one to pick up because I feel like it walks the line of being a good mystery without it getting like too much into its own like coziness, if that makes sense. I don't know if that actually does make sense now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. Um so you are following um this character who like moves back or she like quits her job because of circumstances that happened that you find out about in the book. It's something like super dramatic. Um, but she like quits her job and she ends up having to work at her parents' uh, Chinese restaurant, which is a thing that she never really wanted to do. Um, I think she's in like her mid twenties. Um, and then one day the owner of the plaza where the restaurant is passes away and uh, he, like, right before he died, he ordered dumplings from the restaurant. And so Lana, the daughter, uh, delivered them to him. And it turns out that the dumplings, he had ordered pork dumplings, but he ended up with shrimp dumplings and he's allergic to shellfish. So that ends up being his cause of death. And so uh, Lana starts looking into it as well as, you know, the police detectives and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just like a really fun, cozy mystery Uh 
it's really silly at times and there's like a lot of emphasis on like the Lana's mom and the aunties in her life and things like that keep bothering her because she's single. Uh, so it's like those like little jibs and like comments from Lana even are really funny and fun. Um, the mystery is strong. It's you. It's one of those things where though that like you can tell Lana is an amateur detective and she like talks about that herself. And so there's like a lot of things that like as a reader, you're like, why are you doing that? Because that's not like a smart detective thing to do. But I also think it's like having that perspective of reading a lot of mysteries and knowing what detectives would do, you always want to like yell at the character a little bit. Um, But again, it's just a really fun series. And it's one that I'm definitely going to continue on with because I think that this is sort of like a good palate cleanser almost when you're in the mood for a mystery, but you don't want something super dark and uh, disturbing. So again, that one is Death by Dumpling by Vivian Chen. Okay. Well, I will, I will say just real quickly that your thoughts about dark places very much mirrored mine when I, when I read it. It's not my favorite, uh, Gillian Flynn book, but saying that's not my favorite Gillian Flynn book, it's like, well, it's not my favorite kind of chocolate. I mean, I really like chocolate. So it's like, you know, compared to, compared to other stuff, it's, it's, it's still really well written. But yeah, I found that one to be darker in a different way. It was sad almost. Yes. That's exactly how I would say it too. It's like it it seems like more depressing yeah. than others. I don't and I, I there's something about it. I think it's yeah, there, I think it's the circumstances around the family and the way yeah. that it all ends up. You're like, "Oh man, this was like so sad." Yeah. Yeah, not in a tearjerker way, but just like yeah, it just it just has a like a like this deep sadness like below the surface to it. Um but it's still extraordinarily well written and it's also a great read if you like true crime because it has because the idea is like you know the main character like lived through this actual crime and people are really obsessed with like figuring out what exactly happened and stuff. Um but yeah, no, I from everyone else who I've talked to who love Gillian Flynn, they have like really similar thoughts about that one. So I think your your response to it is pretty much that's that's what a lot of people have had. Um, for me, I still have so many half-finished books that I didn't get a chance to finish um, before the year was up. So I will hopefully be finishing up some of those. Um, but I am I, I did start listening to uh, Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant, which um, is definitely it is it is speculative fiction. It's it takes place in the very near future, like 2022, um, and it's about um, the the this group of people, this group of scientists, are uh, t- are going out on a on a research vessel um, to find out what happened to the crew of this. Um, of this other boat that disappeared like seven years ago in that same area, because they were hired by um, like like a fictional version of like the Sci-Fi Channel to go look for. Uh, the rumored mermaids that are supposed to live in that area. Well, video surfaced that they did indeed find the mermaids, and the mermaids are terrifying and killed everyone on board. So seven years later, there's a new there's a new crew that's going out to see what they can find. They're going better prepared with um, a better idea of what it is that they're looking for. Um, but basically, they're they're on a research vessel on their way out to the Marianas Trench. Um, this book. Is it's got really strong ties to the monster thrillers that we did an episode about earlier last year. I am all over this book. It is you've got a large cast of characters. Everyone's got their own complicated backstories, um, which is really interesting. Makes for a really complex story. But then you also have just the 
the suspense and the ominous quality of we're looking for these creatures that may or may not exist, and we suspect that they that they tore apart a, a, a ship full of people, and there's also evidence that they may have attacked like a pod of sperm whales, which are huge, um, and it's kind of terrifying, and I'm I'm loving every second of it. Um, so this this audiobook has been really entertaining, um, and I've been listening to this while I figure out while I get caught up with Lethal White, which was giving me audiobook issues. So I have to read like a couple of chapters because one of the discs is screwed up. Um, So once I read through the content that would have been on that disc, I can pick up with the audio of Lethal White and finish that. But um, but yeah, in the meantime, I started Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant, and it is so good, and I cannot wait to finish it. Okay, so that's our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that so other people can uh, discover us. If you want to send us feedback, like Katie mentioned at the top of the show, you can email us at redordead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at A. And I am on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.